Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, hello, hello. This is a recommended reading with Food Book Fair. I'm Amanda Dell. And I'm Kimberly Chow, and we are your co-hosts and co-directors of Food Book Fair. Food Book Fair is an annual food media festival. We hope to be expanding into some new cities this year. And also, we you can find us in the Green Market if you're in New York City every Saturday from 10 to 2 with authors uh, and their books. So, you can find us here on the airwaves at Heritage Radio Network at the Green Market and check out foodbookfair.com for all updates about our festival. Kim? What's up? It's been a minute since we've been in here together. I know, I know. <laughs> it's been a minute. This I was here last week. You were here the week before. Uh, I called in, but that doesn't quite count. No. Work wives are together once again. So this is true. <laughs> Feeling the energy. Thank you. Thank you, David, our, our amazing engineer, for always being on it with the sound effects. What have you been reading, watching, and listening to since we were last in the booth together? Um, last week, I think I just talked to myself about what I was <laughs> reading, watching, um, I'll definitely get into that, but I just want to whet everyone's appetite for our guests today. Okay, right. Um, and let you know who we have coming up on the show. Um, got, it's, we got a full full studio today full of women doing amazing things, we are going to welcome Marissa Lippert. She is the owner of Nourish Kitchen and Table. She has also um, had her own uh, nutrition practice for many years in New York. She's an authority, and we're so excited to have her on the show. She's going to talk about what she's reading, watching, or listening to, um, and then she's uh, part of an event that we're going to discuss also on the show called Schmaltzy, produced by Jewish Food Society, so we're going to do a little preview there. And speaking of Jewish Food Society, we are here also with its founder, Nama Shefi. Um, she told me before she we started recording that she's a veteran of the booth here at Roberta's uh, at Heritage, and she's been on a couple folks' shows before. So she is the executive director and founder of Jewish Food Society. It is, um, it's a place for all things Jewish food. And we'll get into talking to her about exactly uh, what that means and how she uh, is working towards her mission and their big event, Schmaltzy. Um, that was a lot of talking for me. So maybe, Kim, do you want to start with what you're reading, watching, or listening to? Yeah. Um, okay. I just got a copy of The Sioux Chef's Indigenous Kitchen. It's S-I-O-U-X. Uh, if you don't know, now you know. There's an amazing chef and his team called The Sioux Chef. It's Sean Sherman, uh, originally from Pine Ridge, uh, South Dakota, based in the Midwest, uh, where he's cooked for many, many years, and he's been doing this awesome project for a few years about native food sovereignty in North America. Um, and he has a beautiful new cookbook 
out by University of Minnesota Press, and we're going to do a signing with him on this Saturday, the 28th in Union Square Green Market. And I've been reading the book and getting really inspired. There's a really beautiful foreword where he talks about growing up and what it was like and what they ate and what they didn't eat. And I'm also, um, we've ha- we had Naz Riahi, who's the founder of Bidden, another food conference, on the show a couple weeks ago. Bidden is this Friday, October 27th, and I'm speaking about cultural appropriation there. So I've been making a slideshow with lots of photos of Rick Bayless um, and reading Sean's book and sort of reframing the conversation about appropriation to be about empowerment and sovereignty has been really helpful and inspiring. Really looking forward to your talk. And also, um, you can catch Sean at our Union Square Green Market booth this coming Saturday. Um, he'll be there from 10 to 2 with their brand new book, uh, The Sous Chef. So it's uh, it's the 30th. Right? That's Saturday, this coming Saturday. It's the 28th. It's the 28th, right, that day. Um, I only know because I just updated our website. (laughs) It's Saturday the 28th at Union Square Green Market, and you can see uh, Sean from, and he'll be signing the brand new book from 10 to 12. So come visit us. Yeah, I'm also coveting the other books in the studio. Um, I finally am flipping through the Night Market, Night Market Cookbook by Chris Yamrimboon. Reminds me that I didn't get to eat there um, with a friend, I accidentally went to the one that was closed on Mondays or closed mm. on whatever day it is. Um, Night Market song. Looking at this book yeah. cover with one of my favorite natural wines, Musa Musets, on the cover. Um, and all this larb is making me Yeah, hungry. it was one of the best meals I've had. It was really spicy. It definitely tested my spice level. But I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, I'm, you know, our guests today are just so incredible that I don't have too much that I want to share, except um, I've kind of been, I pulled a book off my shelf the other night because I I just felt like I, I needed some clarity about how I was feeling and how I was feeling health-wise and thinking about what are some small things that I could do. So I was, I pulled off, uh, pulled out the Frank Lipman, the new health rules. Um, <laughs> uh-oh, Marissa's giving me side eye here, but we'll talk about that later. Um, you know what it, it was, it, a lot of what I like about this book is that it just has some really easy things you can do. I'm just talking about how to, um, you know, have a more savory breakfast, like not reach for that something sweet in the morning. That was something that I, I took away with it, took away from from this book um also there's some you know just includes like a few yoga poses and it's it's kind of low pressure it's like if you can only do 10 minutes of yoga in the morning do these poses and i I like that and it's something that i've been trying to practice and also um the 24 24th rule in the new health rules is adopt a kitten a kid Uh, a kitten 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 that's i think that's probably would which is more high maintenance um, well, you as a, a cat owner could probably talk a little bit about that, but I just needy, you know, yeah, just super in getting, needy, injecting some humor there. Um, well, without further ado, I think we should get to our guests today and and talk about what they're reading, watching, or listening to. We this is some of this is really one of our favorite parts of the show, and really getting in the mind of of our guests and hearing what they have on their bedside table. So I'll let, Mar- I'll let Marissa Lippert take it away first. Um, Thank you, Amanda. And nice welcome to, to the here. show, officially. <laughs> <laughs> Please excuse my, uh, my scratchy voice today. 
Portland's rain did me in the past few days. Mm, so. yeah. I got one too. If you need uh, Herb Pharmacy's Rapid Immune Boost, I have a dropper bottle in my purse. <laughs> Don't tempt me, Mama. <laughs> I'll put it in your water. Amazing. Um, I um, am reading a couple of things right now, which is not unlike me. So there's there's multiple books on my nightstand. Um, I actually just finished. <laughs> The Dummies 101 Guide to Ayurveda. Oh, um, okay. Speaking, going yeah. off of your little health yeah. um, tangent, which was um, really interesting and will now lead me into um, eventually reading. I have a the Ayurveda cookbook, which is, I think it was published in like the 70s, um, waiting for me up next. Um, just interesting in terms of, I always like to um, keep expanding my knowledge base around different cuisines and cultures and um, ethnicities um, around food and whatnot. So, um, and, you know, I'm intrigued on that. But um, I have been reading more recently Joe Nathan's um, newest book, King Solomon's Table, which I've sadly have had for a couple of months now, but have gotten sidetracked and um, have picked that one back up. Uh, and it is kind of very timely given that um, I will be storytelling at Schmaltzy in a few weeks and that we're here, that Nam will be talking about Jewish Food Society today and and that we just had a couple weeks ago the Jewish High Holidays. So um, it's a beautiful book. Um, I am a self-professed history nerd. Um, That was my undergraduate before I delved into nutrition and food. And so I I love the way Joan um, weaves in the stories and culture and history around the Jewish people um, and and then expands it to different cultures in the diaspora and um, and Jewish food around the world. Um, so it's, it's a great book. I'll have to take a look when you're done. It's good. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then I, I brought back a little bit of show and tell today. Oh, where'd you come from? I, I, I was in Portland the past, past few days. Um, and I... I <laughs> Ran into a boutique that was carrying this awesome food journal from Australia, um, or printed in Australia, called Lunch Lady. Which <laughs> who doesn't love the name Lunch Lady? Uh, and of course, I had I had to buy it and stuff it in my bag. Um, it's actually a, a a food journal for for parents and kids, and um, and I've gotten one of a previous issue, and I decided to pick up the latest because. Um, we nourished kitchen and table recently launched a um, an arm called Nourish Baby, which is a baby mm. food subscription service. And um, I found that this particular journal just has really fun, colorful ideas for um, for foods for kids and for fun activities around food and cooking um, involving kids. And that's something that's that's definitely important to me. Great. And just for our listeners who maybe aren't in New York or who don't know the best place to, you know, get a delicious bite in the West Village, what can you just briefly tell us what Nourish Kitchen and Table is and and why you started it? Sure. Um, It's Nourish Kitchen and Table is an all day cafe. We are opened open seven days a week, breakfast, lunch and dinner. We close a little early on Saturday and Sunday, Um, but it's it's all prepared so you can either take it away or come join us at our lovely one of 14 seats or chef counter um, and dine in. And um, I started it really just to um, to help New Yorkers um, and hopefully other people um, 
have a better sense that healthy food can also be delicious and really approachable and um, and nourishing. So um, we are very seasonal. We work with local purveyors. We are at also at Union Square Green Market a couple times a week. Um, and we're just doing really yummy, fresh, tasty food that happens to be healthy for you. You sneak it in. Sneak it in. <laughs> sneak it right on in. Well, thanks for those great recommendations. Um, we're going to turn it over to Nama. Again, we're joined in the studio by Nama Shafi. She is the founder of Jewish Food Society. So welcome officially to Thank our show. Thank you so much. <laughs> Fun to be here. <laughs> Yay. Um, maybe before you get into what you're reading, watching, or listening to, just if you could give a, us a brief explanation or uh, a description of, of what Jewish Food Society is. Sure. So From your Jewish- word, from your mouth. Of course. <laughs> so the Jewish Food Society is um, a new home for Jewish food. Our mission is to preserve, celebrate, and revitalize Jewish food from all around the world. So we do that in all sorts of programs, but mainly we're building um, a digital archive for Jewish recipes and the stories behind them. We're very much interested in the family stories um, behind the recipes and also um, by programs and events um, like the storytelling event that we are probably going to talk a bit more later, Schmalzi. Yeah, exciting. Um, So what's on your bedside table? What have you been listening to? (laughs) Yeah, so between being a mom and running a new organization, unfortunately, I don't have so much time to being updated on music um, and honestly the the song I've been listening <laughs> um, every night is is um, uh, Neil Young's Harvest Moon just because my three-year-old Ella um, goes to bed with it sometimes she would settle on David Bowie <laughs> song <laughs> but most nights she's very you have a super cool kid. Yeah. I definitely did not get to Neil Young or David Bowie until I was trying, 20. trying. Um, she is sweet. Um, so yeah. So on the weekends when we have time, we we spend lots of time, um, lots of weekends upstate. So we have time listening to full albums. I recently came across something pretty amazing. It's actually a Brooklyn-based. Um, band called Seasonal Beast and you should check it out it's dreamy, poetic sexy it's, I love it it's, it's kind of fresh um, so that's about listening I'm a fan of the daily, the podcast the New York Times podcast I really you know, every morning I wake up and Michael Barbaro is there waiting for me <laughs> And it feels so good, and um, I love the sound effects, um, the music. It's really like an, you know, an audiobook for the news. So I really appreciate that. Um, I read a lot. Most time I read cookbooks. Um, <laughs> but I actually wanted to recommend um, a series of books that recently published in Hebrew by an Israeli author. He actually lives in London. His name is Yonatan Sagiv. And the name of the books are No Secret is Safe With Me 
and um, the second one is silence gives um, consent. And it's a new detective book featuring a mature detective, Oded Heffer, his name, lives in Tel Aviv. And I love him because um, he's really different. Um, he's gay, tactless, and big mouth private investigator. And it's a really funny, wild book um, about Israel, about politics, about... Um, just very lots of actual themes so it's not in English yet but I think there is something in the works so gay tactless loudmouth private detective exactly wow. so we're talking <laughs> sexual identity Israel charged past lots of really mm -hmm. interesting subject but really in a funny wild tons of slang um, approach. We'll have to wait for the translation. Yes, we need the translation. <laughs> maybe after the show, you can just give us a little taste by translating for us. <laughs> would be. Would love to do that. Uh. <laughs> it just, it, just to add a word about that, you know, as an Israeli living in New York for 12 years, it's always a dilemma for me, like what kind of text and music and books and things I should feed my brain with you know is it Hebrew English like what's what's the balance so obviously I'm, I'm trying um, to kind of communicate with both cultures but it's like always on my mind yeah well it sounds like you're doing a pretty good job trying <laughs> um, well I think that brings us you know into um, Jewish Food Society and our event Schmaltzy and I think you know Jewish Food Society is is a representation kind of, of of both of your sides like you really wanted to do you know something in New York and start it here but also you're clearly drawing you know on your Israeli roots and um, so Jewish Food Society is a nonprofit and so everything that you you know do is really to um, well, one of the things that we talked about before the show was about changing people's perception of what Jewish food is. Um, and so I know that that's a pretty big part of what Jewish Food Society does. Sure. I feel that um, food culture is booming mm -hmm. everywhere. Thank God. <laughs> and But Jewish food still suffered from, you know, not the best representation. And for many people, when they think about Jewish food, they think about you know, like matzo ball or chopped liver or like, and not, not the, you know, just very narrow representation of Jewish food. And, and for me, it's really important to convey um, the message that Jewish food is so incredibly diverse and rich and fresh just because Jewish people simply lived all over the world from places far apart as Morocco and Hungary and India and Iran and Sweden and wherever Jews lived, they really created their own cuisine that was um, heavily, um, that was a constant negotiation basically between the local food traditions and the Jewish laws. So I, I find it very interesting and talking about books, Claudia Rodin, 
um, and many others, but mainly Claudia um, talks about it in the the book of Jewish food that I treat. Like it's like the Bible for me. Um, but I find it very interesting, and I'm trying to um, to get other people to think about it through our website and through food experiences. Yeah, and, and talk to us a little bit about the content on the website. Like, I, it's a family story. You, there's the, a recipe. Um, what, how do, how, what's the idea behind that? Sure. So every week we are very lucky to spend a day in the kitchen with someone, with an incredible home cook. It can be an Iraqi grandma from Jerus- Jerusalem, or it could be a celebrity chef from Brooklyn. Like, anyone with a good story to share and talent in the kitchen and what we do is really and again you know like the kitchen is such an intimate environment so it's really the perfect setting for people to get really um um i don't want i don't have the right not emotional but like intimate and share their <laughs> you know the <laughs> not the secrets but but really go deep you know, in their stories. Um, So this is what we do every week. And you know how many family recipes it's like you put, you add a little bit of that, little bit salt, then you like, you do the kube and you like, it's many things. It's like from your hands and like muscle memory. And for us, what's important is really capture these um, these moments and translate them into a well working recipe. So after we spend this day at the kitchen with our subjects, we go back to the test kitchen and we cook it again and again and um, spend time research the the stories, the story really behind the recipe. And the result would be um, a post on our website, which we typically publish once a week on Fridays. Marissa, how has how have family recipes influenced Nourish? A lot, um, probably more than I realize. Um, when I was conceiving Nourish and and the menu, there were certain things that um, that just came onto the menu, whether I realized it or not, that were very deep to me as um, a child and, a, and an adult. I mean, I, I think the word nourishing itself lends it directly to like thinking about family, sitting around a table, the experience of dining with others and sharing something really beautiful and meaningful and something that makes you just feel good. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> something that just makes you feel good. So um, uh, I can remember for, you know, from when I was very, very little, my mom always had these like little um, uh, recipe boxes from her mom, from my dad's mom, from like our great aunts, a, a couple different people at home, all with handwritten like the four by six line note cards, um, mm-hmm. which I'm sure most of us have in some respects, like from our, our relatives at home. But I would like sift through them at least once a year, just again and again and again, because I'm just like fascinated by history and by like you were, Nama, you were saying like the use of, their, of our hands and our eyes and like actually writing something on paper versus um, typing sometimes is it, there's like a process and a ritual there. And so to get back to your question, Amanda, um, uh, my grand, my grandmother was particularly influential in, um, 
what have come to be Nourish's Shining Star Baked Goods. Um, we At Nourish, we do a seasonal kuchen, which in German means cake, um, and that is a direct line, uh, a recipe from my, my grandmother, Bibi, um, and it has a coconut cake crust, and, um, and typically her version had apples and cinnamon and um, like a sour cream egg yolk type of coating that's like delicious and buttery and like you just kind of want to eat all the crispy corners and edges of the crust because they're so good and you sneak back into the kitchen sometimes at like midnight for another piece (laughs) but um anyway so at nourish we do a seasonal version of that with um and we've included it uh with a a nice pastry cream between the fruit and the crust i've Um, had that cooking it's delicious thanks cooking is Cooking. We'll get more into it. <laughs> it's great. Cooking's going to be on the menu at Schmaltzy. Big secret. Um, so we change up the fruit based on what is in season at the, the green market, and we change up the pastry cream. Um, and then my grandmother's coconut macaroons are another item that we brought in um, and have stayed all four-plus years. And they are also delicious. Um and uh, yeah, people go crazy for those two in particular. And then I think just other items, um, like po- like at certain times of the year, we'll do Jewish kind of holiday specific men- menus or recipes um, that were a natural outgrowth. Nourish is not necessarily like about Jewish foods, but there's a, definitely a connection. And I think in the West Village, people. Um, there's enough of a community that they're looking for that. You know, people will email us like a month out before the high holidays. Like, where's your, why isn't your Rosh Hashanah menu posted online? <laughs> like, it's August, guys. Hold up, hold up. But, um, you know, my mom's uh, version or an iteration of my mom's pot roast or um, my grandmother's um, uh, matzah kugel or n- noodle kugel. Um, whether it's Passover or um, the high holidays. So all these kind of different family familial recipes or influences have definitely made their way in oh i i'm like when am i getting invited to your rosh hashanah table well come on (laughs) come on over we'll book it now 2018 (laughs) um yeah we just um we could probably talk about kugel and kube forever um but we need to take a quick break and pay some bills around here at heritage radio network um so we will be back shortly with marissa lippert of nourish kitchen and table and nama Shafi of jewish food society um and right before we take the, this break just want to have a quick reminder to go to heritageradionetwork.org um, become a member and and help support shows like this and and others Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Whole Foods Market believes in seeking out local, fresh, and seasonal food and in supporting local farmers, makers, and the community as a whole, economically and agriculturally. Whole Foods Market believes in food that is vivid and colorful, fresh and full of nutrients. Food that connects you to your body, the seasons, and to nature. Food that helps you do more, sleep better, and wake up happier. 
Found in over 400 locations throughout the United States, Whole Foods Market only sells food that meets their standards, which means no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners, ever. Whole Foods Market believes in real food. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more. What's up, Internet Radio? It's Kimberly Chow and Amanda Dell. Food Book Fair. This is Recommended Reading, our weekly radio show. We have on the show today the founder of Jewish Food Society, Nama Sheffi, and the founder of Nourish Kitchen and Table, Marissa Lippert. So glad to have them yeah. in the booth talking all things Jewish food around the globe in advance of an event November 6th called Schmaltzy, which is about <laughs> Jewish food all around yeah. the globe. And it's inspired, uh, you could say, that it's a version of The Moth, the famous public storytelling event with people telling all sorts of stories, paired um, this time, though, with pastrami egg rolls. Yeah. And Marissa is one of our featured storytellers. And I think, uh, you know, BB might be making an appearance <laughs> in the story. Um, just a quick reminder that... Um, you know, Schmaltzy really speaks for itself. Tickets are already sold out for our event on for the event on November sixth. But um, you can add yourself to our to the waiting list if you go to JewishFoodSociety.org. Or <laughs> if you opened our food book fair email that we sent today, open those emails, guys. You can win two tickets. So reply to the email. There's a link in there, and we will pick a winner and welcome two very lucky people to our Schmaltzy storytelling event. Can you give us a little bit more info, a little bit more intel beyond pastrami <laughs> egg rolls and storytelling? I uh, am a, a sort of long time on and off volunteer at Housing Works Bookstore. And I would always volunteer the nights that we hosted The Moth. Because it was the most fun. Um, and then as volunteers, we'd eat pizza in the back and then laugh or cry about the stories. It's almost because like what we're doing now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> we're eating pizza and we're talking about stories. But the thing is, um, they would pick names out of a hat. So there was always the chance that you'd get someone totally nuts or you'd get someone <laughs> amazing and brilliant. But it sounds like uh, we got some uh, organized brilliance in the room for this event. Uh, this event is well curated or that's what we are hoping and <laughs> trying to do yes um i think our host mc of the night mitchell davis um said it perfectly food without story is just calories so we don't we don't want that right um so we are really interested again in the stories um behind the recipes so this is this is what this event is all about equal parts delicious food and incredible stories um this time around we are collaborating with the village society for historic preservation so we are going to highlight food personalities who either live or work um at a village and their definition of the village is a very um open one so it's the greenwich village west and east village 
Um, <laughs> Marissa Chuck two of those boxes. <laughs> Your village all the way. All the way, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so. It was just the village before real estate agents got involved. That's true. That's true. That, that is Jane true. Jacobs forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the lineup is, is pretty interesting. We are always try again to put together a list that will showcase the diversity mm. so we have the dishes that will feature this time um, would be an Egyptian chicken sofrito mm. um, egg roll pastrami egg rolls clove rogola kasha varanikes mm. and Marisa's delicious apple cooking so it's an interesting lineup we also going to have Mimi Sheraton on board answering five questions about the village um, Jewish food and maybe other surprises talk about a village OG Mimi <laughs> she's she's been around um, yeah sometimes I still can't believe how amazing she is and that she's in her 90s and we actually ran into her the other day at, at one of our book signings and she still goes to the green market so I think Mimi opens those food book fair emails. I get those yeah, email, it's email like, responses. Yeah. That go at. Amazing. Hashtag life goals. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're really ready to welcome her. Excited. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We also going to have um, an amazing artist called Flesh Rosenbaum. Um, did I say her name right? Flash yeah. Rosenberg. Yes. Yeah, Flash. Yes. And Flash is amazing. <laughs> um, she is going to draw live the stories. And mm, then we'll have cool. like a live gallery of the stories to get a visual representation of each um, storyteller. So cool. definitely looking forward to that part as well. Yeah. And um, actually, this is a funny story, which maybe I, I will uh -oh. share. Um, we... We're also, we, uh, Jewish Food Society is also extremely thrilled to be collaborating, and Nam and I have talked about this, with Gabriel Stuhlman from Happy Cooking Hospitality. He's definitely, his restaurants are, are really part of the fabric of the West Village at this point, and he's taken over Fedora, which is a very historical West Village restaurant. Um, and uh, his brand new place, Fairfax, contributed a really rad cocktail to uh, Schmaltzy. So when you arrive, you will be greeted by the village cocktail. And when, um, Nama, you were telling me about when you met with Gabe, he actually, we told him Marissa was involved. He actually said he went to Hebrew school with Marissa. We go back right. like right. <laughs> Fairfax OGs. <laughs> oh, wait, Fairfax is... So Fairfax is, is the name of our county where Gabe's family and my family both grew up. Where is that? Um, exactly? In Virginia. Virginia. Sorry. Um, in Virginia. He then transplanted to Wisconsin for college. Don't let anybody <laughs> tell you different. <laughs> Sorry, Gabe. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, um, our synagogue, we, our families went to the same synagogue for a very long time. And uh, yeah, his brother was in my class and um, I'm a, a few years Gabe's <laughs> senior, <laughs> but just a few. Could hardly tell. Could hardly tell. <laughs> um, wow, so it's kind of a small world in yeah. New York. Mm -hmm. And yep. how did you, had you been in touch this whole time, or were you walking around the corner on like Little West 12th and you're like, who is this? <laughs> it's pretty much, um, I can't, it must be like, I don't, I mean, more than 10 years ago, like long, a few years before Gabe opened Market Table. Um, I, I think we were like around Madison Square Park or somewhere in Flatiron or something. I don't even know where I was, but 
I'm pretty sure I saw him come up on a bike and we just met and ran into each other and it was like Fairfax reunited <laughs> in New York. And then I, we kept running into each other and, um, you know, established um, just a reconnection and then kind of um, a, a great rapport as two people in the restaurant and food industry and, you know, dealing with all that you deal with in that industry in the West Village. You guys are our kindred spirits yeah. that, that go way back, and you'll yeah, yeah. Uh, be reunited at Schmaltzy. Um, Once more. <laughs> yeah, I think all the storytellers would, I think, will recommend a cocktail before their story. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Loosen it up. Um, so, uh, Nama, I want to, um, I, I think it's really fascinating, you know, how, how, why you started Jewish Food Society, starting Schmaltzy. I think what would be cool for folks that don't know is, is maybe talking about some of the other events that, that you've done in New York and um, one in particular, the Kube Project, and, um, you know, just why you were inspired to do that. And again, talking about really your mission of, of expanding the perception of, of Jewish food. So if sure. talk about it for a little for anyone who doesn't know. And, and it was at Zucker Bakery, who um, Zohar from Zucker is one of the storytellers at Schmaltzy coming up. Sure. Um, I adore Zucker Bakery. Um, first of all, it's really it's really a gem. It's really, you know, it's I respect um, what they do and how they do that. And um, so the Kuba, the Kuba project was a pop up restaurant that they did three years ago already. And basically the concept was um, an Iraqi Jewish comfort food restaurant. I remember asking my husband, like telling my husband, not asking, but telling my <laughs> husband, I'm going to take some money from our sa savings. And he's like, sure, for what? I'm like, I'm going to open an Iraqi <laughs> Jewish comfort food restaurant. And he's like, okay, good luck, sure. <laughs> and um, my mini business plan at the time was to market a like a, you know, a, a dinner for 22 guests every night. And um, the first day when I arrived at the bakery at like 3 p.m., there was this crazy line around the block of people, like Shakespeare in the park kind of line. And I was wow. like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, <laughs> for what? And um, these people really, you know, waited to try Kobe for the first time or second time or whatever. And this line never stopped for this entire month. And people stood in the snow for hours and hours. And it was such like a big, um, it was so exciting to see that people crave to, to know more and to taste different, you know, like yeah. different Jewish food, basically. I had Can never you tell us oh, what yes, Kube is. Yeah, exactly. And like, why why I Iraqi had, Jewish? Food? Yeah, I had never sure. heard of it before. I remember reading about the project and sure. So, <laughs> I think about it as a um, um, like a dump, like a Middle Eastern dumpling mm. in a soup. Mm. <laughs> So, um, because really every country in the Middle East has its own version of a kube. But um, what I really love about this specific kube, or what in Israel, when we like this, this, this specific dish, is the relationship of the kube, of the dumpling itself, with the broth. Mm -hmm. So, um, there was a bit 
broth, um, something that we call chamusta, which is a lemony, very sour, tangy broth from zucchinis and Swiss chard. And um, we add a third version, a pumpkin soup. So it's a very winter um, um, appropriate food to eat, basically. And why I feel that this is, I, I, I felt that it's important for me to try and actually make this food um, and not rather than just talking about that or reading about it, because this is a kind of food that you actually have to get yourself your hands dirty and try to make in order to preserve it for future mm. generation. And I feel that this is true to many of the foods that we are trying to save or protect or celebrate, whatever we want to call it, um, at the Jewish Food Society. I had it. I, I went to that dinner and it was fantastic. Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. On like, I think the night after, the there was like a snowstorm where it was snowing or something. And uh, it was delicious. Amazing. Yeah, it was a really nice experience. Cool, thank you. Is that food you grew up eating, or is that is this co- is it a common dish to have in Israel? So I grew up in a kibbutz, <laughs> so in Israel, so kube wasn't part of my um, food growing up, but it is a common food in Israel. Um, you need to go to specific restaurants to to eat that, or if you're lucky and you have friends who their moms or grandmas uh, make it, um, you can definitely eat it for Shabbat. So a little bit more special. Yes, again, because these foods are just like time and labor. Mm -hmm. Um, It it just requires time and specific touch. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, then kind of the Jewish Food Society was a little bit of an extension of that and, and really inspired you. Absolutely. So um, again, growing up in a kibbutz, these food, I wasn't in touch with this with this type of food. When I met my husband, um, I remember the first time I came for a Shabbat dinner, and he told me, "You're going to meet the entire family, thirty people." And we were like in this size of the room, meaning like <laughs> a tiny one-bedroom apartment outside of Tel Aviv. And I'm like, "Where are they?" going to to feed and it's like you'll see you'll see (laughs) and then they came and his grandma served this really incredible um spread of appetizers followed by five different main courses and like such an interesting variety of food that i never had before and I told him, and it was really so delicious and really also captured this Arab immigration story from Izmir in Turkey hmm. to the island of Rhodes to Zimbabwe and Africa to Israel. And it was mind-blowing to me. And I told him back then, like, we need to capture that. Like, no one in the family know how to make this food. Um, so we started, like, just, you know, on video. And back then I was um, in film. So, like, that's... We just little by little started, but not enough. And that was really the inspiration for the project to protect and celebrate um, the food and the people behind it. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, we are all, we're, we're pretty much out of time um, for our show today. But again, we want to thank um, Marissa Lippert of Nourish Kitchen and Table for joining us. Thank she is my a pleasure. featured Thanks, storyteller at Schmaltzy, um, which is happening November 6th. So first visit Nourish Kitchen and Table. Um, have a bite. Come for a precursor of the kuken. Yeah. <laughs> come check out the kuken. Pre-kuken, kuken, kuken. <laughs> and come... <laughs> And it's nourishkitchentable.com if you want to check out her website, which uh, honestly is so beautiful. And if you want to look at it for recipe inspiration or check out what she's doing, definitely <laughs> head over there. And um, more information can be found about Schmaltzy on jewishfoodsociety.org. So definitely take a look at that and, and check out the recipes. And the, the one question that I'll... That I'll leave that maybe uh, Marissa or Nama can answer is that maybe some of the folks listening don't know is what is schmaltz? Uh, It's chicken fat and it is (laughs) delicious. (laughs) It's the chicken drippings and the fat. And so it's used in cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We don't see it that much anymore. I mean, you could rub it on your face. You could (laughs) like spoon it into your mouth. Cook your latke. What's interesting is I see there's been sort of like... Uh, a sprinkling resurgence on in various cities I've found on different menu restaurant menus where it's sort of like a, a simmering buzzword now, you know, like schmaltz, uh, roasted potatoes or um, zero food waste. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we we use schmaltz actually at Nourish, uh, the dripping pan drippings from our daily roast chicken. Um just to, to moisten that sucker up and it <laughs> makes so it even better. So you are using schmaltz. Oh yeah, yeah. zero food waste. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, if you want special That sh- is good for you. Yeah, if you want special schmaltz, just go over to Nourish <laughs> to the table and Marissa will make it for you. Um, and if you want schmaltzy, add yourself to the waiting list at jewishfoodsociety.org. Or join our contest. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I'm join trying our to get contest. people to get on the email list, girl. <laughs> Open those emails, people. Um, again, thank you so much both for joining us today on Recommended Reading. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the airwaves next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.